The Pittsburgh Penguins are set to take on the Dallas Stars tonight from PPG Paints Arena. And for today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, Pat and I are going to get you all set for that matchup. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Patrick Damp. You can follow him on Twitter at CinemaForWet. And you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Down the Game Time app, create account and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So, Penguin Stars comes your way tonight, 7.30 p.m. face-off from PBG Paints Arena. And basically, it's the NHL's version of Red Zone this whole day. 16 games. Every team is in action, and that's going to be a lot of fun. The action gets started at 6 o'clock tonight. Ends with the Vegas game at 11 o'clock against the Flyers. This is something that I think we've been waiting for for a long time, and this hopefully will grow the sport even more this year. I think they're going to do this multiple times. But before we do get to breaking down the Dallas Stars, there's not going to be too many roster I guess adjustments tonight, though there is a couple, and we'll get started with this first one. It looks like Tristan Jari is going to be having the night off. Based on the morning skate, Alex Nedeljkovic was the first goalie off, and I know it was a very limited morning skate, but both Jari and Nedeljkovic were there. Ned is the first one off. I really don't mind this move that much. Yes, the Penguins are taking on one of the best teams in the league tonight. The Stars are 3-0-1 entering this game. The only reason they're not in first place in the Central Division is because the Colorado Avalanche are kicking butt right now. 5-0-0, first place in the Central. They are a team on a mission right now. So it may look a little bit weird, but with how Tristan performed against the Blues, wasn't his best outing. They're trying to manage his workload a little bit, make sure he stays consistent throughout the season. I really don't have a problem with starting to Delkovich in this one. And he played really well against the Flames earlier this season when he had his first start. So I'm totally fine with this. Yeah, why not? I mean, the guy has been a starter before in his career. He's not, it's not like he's a career backup. They didn't bring in a guy who has been a journeyman and only played in the backup spot everywhere he's gone. He's been a starter and for some good teams. So let's see what we got. It's early. And he played well against the Flames, and you know what? If you want to see what your backups got, what better night than a night like tonight? Especially against one of the most potent teams in the league. So throw, he, they're throwing him to the Wolves in that situation. I'm fine with it. Another adjustment that it looks like is being made, Ricard Raquel comes off the top power play. Ryan Russ comes on comes on it. Excuse me. I have no problem with that either. Raquel has really struggled to start this season. The puck is just not finding the net. And I was pretty high on Raquel heading into the year. I do think he's going to turn around. But right now, when you're a team that needs goals on the power play, you're going up against probably the best penalty-killing team in the league right now. The Stars have not allowed a power play goal to start the year yet, which is going up against the Penguins' power play. That's concerning for the Penguins' PP because the Stars are a really good penalty-killing team. So you need all the goal scores that you can get on that unit. Replacing Raquel with Brian Rust makes all the sense in the world. Already has four goals to open the season. He's at least a shoot first player. I mean, he has been these first five games. 
I'm totally okay with that move as well. It's a hot hand. He is kind of, I, I always kind of lump Rust and Raquel as in the same column of player. They're the kind of talented player in the top six that it doesn't really matter where you put them, whether it's on the first line, second line with Crosby, with Malkin, first power play, second power play. They play a very easy style of game to adapt to that helps supplement the talent you have in the top six and on your power play. So putting him on power play one is just a smart move. It needs a little bit of a jolt. He's got a hot hand. He knows a lot of those guys, has chemistry with them. So why not give it a shot and see if he can kind of shake this power play out of its early malaise. And he can play in front of the net. He can also play in that bumper. Well, you can also put Brian Rust all over the ice on the power play and he can do the job. I think he's one of the best pure shooters on the scene. And with how he's shooting the puck right now, why not, to be be honest? Outside of that, there really aren't too many other roster lineup changes. I disagree with keeping Ryan Shea and just based off practice on Monday and then heading into this game. I know Mike Sullivan had his quote to the media on Monday saying, you know, we don't want to put the lines in a blender just for the sake of it. I get it. It's game five of an 82 game season. That said, I still think you're doing a disservice to yourself by keeping your best option on the third pairing out of the lineup. And again, I don't think P.O. Joseph is this godsend defenseman on this team. They have plenty of defensemen who are worlds better than him. That said, I do think he's a better option than Ryan Shea, and he should at least be in the lineup over him. I wasn't impressed with Shea in his first game. Now I know some people may come back to me and say, well, Hunter, it was only one game. You got to give him a little bit of time. That's fair. It totally is. But overall, I do think at this point, P.O. is a better defenseman than him. I mean, Shea's been in the AHL throughout his entire career up until this point. So I don't know. It's it's just weird to me that he continues to stay, I guess, in the doghouse these last two games for P.O. Joseph. But, hey, if they want to give him a fair shot at it, okay, whatever. Yeah, like I said the earlier this week, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I think Ryan Shea has been fine enough. Uh, I can kind of say the same thing with Chad Ruedel. I don't get why they're, like you said, putting P.O. Joseph in the doghouse. Yeah, he was rough against Detroit, but again, who wasn't? The second period might have been the single worst period this team has played all season long. Right. And I I get it. He's young. He's a third-pairing defenseman on this roster, but – I don't think you're doing him any favors by putting him in the press box and making him practice more than he plays. He's going to need to, he's going to need to figure it out sometime. And to what Sullivan said about lineup changes about, you can't put everything in a blender because we won't get any consistency. If you do it every time we go through a struggle, well, on a much more uh, micro level, you can say that about PO Joseph. If every time he struggles, you pull him out of the lineup, you're not doing him any favors, let him figure it out. And I get it. It's a tight division. It's a tight conference and all points are precious. But if you want this kid to grow and develop, you got to let him work through it. It can't just be, ah, he screwed up, pull him out of the lineup. And this kind of goes back to something that I touched on last week. And I don't want to repeat myself because I know a lot of people probably heard this when they listened to the show last week. I just want to see that same consistency with a young player like P.O. Joseph, like with someone like Jeff Carter. Hold players accountable to that same standard. If P.O. Joseph needs time in the press box, does Jeff Carter need time in the press box? Or are you just going to ignore that problem just because he hasn't really done anything to start the year? Heck, even Matt Nieto as well, for example, Pat. 
I don't think he's done anything to start the year. Does he deserve time in the press box off that? Yeah, you could definitely argue that. Noah Chari, I mean, I've said numerous times, I think he's going to be a fan favorite, but so far he hasn't really done anything this year either. So I just want to see these players hold, held, excuse me, to that same standard that P.O. Joseph is being held to right now. And I understand, you know, I would personally take out Chad Ruedel over P.O. Joseph, but then I understand what people would come back to me and say, well, you don't want a bottom pairing of P.O. Joseph and John Ludwig because you would have two lefties on that pair. I get it, but it's at least trying something new and not scratching your best option on that third pair. So both those things are where I'm at right now on that whole situation. And to what you said, the biggest thing for me is Achari and Nieto. Way too quiet to start right. this year. I didn't expect them to light the world on fire. I didn't expect them to be tremendous big-time difference makers. But I expected them to be able to, on a lesser scale, wreck games. I expected them to be able to show up, throw some hits, disrupt the defense, be aggressive on the forecheck. And they just haven't been. And you brought them in specifically for that purpose. And they either have to start doing it or Sullivan has to hold them to some kind of account. Jeff Carter is who he is. I'm not going to complain about it anymore. I know everybody likes to say, oh, Damp's a big Jeff Carter guy, and he it's his boy. And I, Part of it is memeing. Part of it is serious. I think he gets a little too much black, but at the same time, we know what he is. We know that's a known entity. Right. It, it's uh, it's getting very dangerously close to the Jack Johnson discussion. Where it it's is like, getting close, yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, we know. he. We get it. There's nothing we can do about this. We're beating a dead horse until it's getting buried a dozen feet deep. So, But again, I agree with the overall sentiment. If you're going to hold one young younger player accountable, you got to hold the veterans accountable as well. Uh, I get it. The veterans have earned a longer leash, but eventually you have to pull that trigger. I don't know if anyone is ever going to get to my level of hate that I had for Jack Johnson with how bad he was. I don't even think Jeff terrible. There, to be He's honest. absolutely there. terrible. And he was awful. That's, the Jack Johnson days are thankfully well behind us at this point. And hey, the Jeff Carter days after this year will at least be behind us as well. He's not going to be back on this team next year. But that would do it for this segment discussing lineup changes. Coming up in the second segment, kind of going to preview the game against the Dallas Stars and just how dangerous this team is, especially after how they were last year. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. You can do this with your friends. You can do this with your family. Heck, you can do this by yourself if you want. And oh yeah, you can also play many other daily fantasy sports like the NFL, the NBA when that gets started pretty soon, baseball with the World Series coming up, college football, et cetera, et cetera. All you have to do is pick studs like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, Eric Carlson, Kale McCarr. Heck, you can do Jason Robertson tonight, Miro Haskinen. Heck, you can do goalies as well with Igor Shostorkin and Ilya Sorokin. And all you have to do is basically pick stats, goals, assists, saves. You can do plus minus if you want. And you just have to go on, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. And we're not done. We still got to tell you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. 
With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And you can also buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. All you got to do for that, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host, Patrick Damp. So, the Dallas Stars, what a team this is. Up top to bottom, one of the best teams in the league. They have that beautiful mix of young players and some of those veterans. The starts up front with Jason Robertson. Had an unbelievable year last year. One of the most underrated players in the league. I think people don't realize just how good he is. Great playmaker. I don't. I, great I, I don't think you can use the yes. word underrated for Jason Robert, not anymore. Robertson anymore. That kid is a star. Like again, not sorry to interrupt you, but like at this point, just call the Dallas Stars the Gulf of Mexico because this team is deep. I like that reference, by the way. That was a nice job. But I think you're probably fair on that. Robertson is one of the best players in the league. Rupe Hintz, great two-way center. Joe Pavelski, the ageless wonder who doesn't seem to stop producing, even though he's in his late 30s into his early 40s, basically at this point. He is crazy good, and he was awesome for the Stars last year. It's honestly nuts how he keeps doing this at such an old age. Uh, Incredible. It's early, yes, but he's got five points in four games, and it's evenly spread out. Three goals, two assists. The guy continues to produce. And if there's one thing, uh, you know, to kind of jump ahead a little bit here that's standing out to me about this Dallas Stars team is that they're doing all of this at five on five. They only have two power play goals and they've scored 11 so far this year. So that's nine even strength goals in four games. And man, like, listen, we spent all summer fantasizing about how great this Penguins power play could be and how dangerous it's going to be once they find the stride dude if you can get it done at five on five the power play becomes a bonus and the fact that the stars are able to put up this many goals at five on five boy this this team is gonna be tough this is gonna be at least so far before thursday's matchup against the avalanche this will be the toughest defensive matchup for the penguins thus far they're gonna have to channel what they did last year against the Stars in Pittsburgh where they just suffocated them in the neutral zone and in their own zone. They just did not allow the Stars to do anything. They kept them to the perimeter. They didn't really allow Jason Robertson to do much. Same with Rupe Hintz. It was a textbook defensive performance from the Penguins in that game in December. They're going to have to do that again, I think, if they want to win this one for sure. The way they should play this game, and I, and you know, you and I talked about this yesterday, Assuming that this roster is better than last year's, which I think everybody can safely assume it is. One of my favorite games that the Penguins played last season was the Winter Classic. Because for 55 minutes, they did not allow Boston to play the game that made them so successful. They did not give them any opportunity to set up a forecheck and get possession behind the net, work it low to high. And they disrupted that game plan for Boston for 55 to 60 minutes of that game. They got to have a similar effort tonight. 
do not let Dallas get any sort of traction in the offensive zone. The second you can turn the puck from your defensive zone into a breakout, do it immediately. Get people in position, get your breakout moving, D to D passes up the wall, hit the middle, cycle out. Because if you give this Dallas Stars team any sort of extended look in the in the offensive zone, chances are they're going to make something out of it. So the Penguins tonight have to be, to use a great Phil Bork line here, they're going to have to be on their P's and Q's in the defensive zone. And I know this is a big part of Mike Sullivan's system too. I don't want to see them be overly aggressive with their pinches in the offensive zone. Yes, take some chances, but you don't want to give up odd man rushes to a team like the Dallas Stars. And the Penguins have been giving up quite a few these last four to five games. It hasn't been good enough. You do not want to give them up to any of the Stars lines with how deep they are. So Penguins are going to have to be, I guess, cautious with their pinches. Yes, you can still pinch, keep the play in the offensive zone, but I don't want you to be overly aggressive, especially when the game is in the balance. I mean, you look at this Stars team. That's so true. You have Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, Matt Duchesne, Wyatt Johnston, Evgeny Dadnoff, Radek Faxa. Faxa, I hate saying his name. But... And then you also have someone like Jamie Ben. You don't want these guys bearing down on your defense right. in a two-on-one or a three-on-two because not only are they talented, they're fast. And if you let them get to a fast break game, that I, I think the Penguins still have the horses to win shootouts. It, making a lot of Southern and like Dallas references. It's like sleep. It's are you from Dallas, head. Texas, sir? <laughs> no, born and raised Ginzer, but – <laughs> I still think they have the type of players that can win in a, a, a an offensive shootout, but this is one of the team rare teams in the league that I look at and go, do not risk it against this team. Right. You have to, again, just be good with the pinches, make sure you're responsible defensively. Yes. Take some chances, but you don't want to overdo it. And, you know, speaking of Jamie Ben, he's also an ageless wonder, two goals, three points in his first four games. I can thank Jamie Ben because he's the reason why I made my Xbox gamer tag way back in the day. If you understand that reference, good on you because it's a old hockey Twitter joke. I'm not going to say it on this show. It's too inappropriate. But Jamie Ben, great player. Tyler Sagan, he's also been a great player throughout his career. He's also off to a pretty good start this year too. I've always had fun watching Tyler Sagan play. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. I already discussed Wyatt Johnson, Matt Duchesne. I wanted the Penguins to sign him this offseason, man. I really did. I thought he would have been a perfect fit. Took a really cheap deal with the Stars. He's off to a good start there. You already said Radic Foxa, Craig Smith, who shoots the puck quite a bit. Defensively, Mira Hoiskinen is a top five player on the planet defensively. He's that good. The Penguins are going to have to be aware of where he is on the ice at all times. He can hurt you both defensively and especially offensively. The puck movement from him when the puck is on his stick is a treat to watch it's almost like how do i want to say it it basically is like watching eric carlson and kale mccarr move the puck miro haskin is that dude and credit to miro haskin because he's kind of helped ryan Suter have a career renaissance of sorts yeah i don't think i don't think Suter in parise were as washed as people made them out to be when minnesota bought them out i think minnesota just wanted to get out of those horrific contracts but Suter has looked really good with Dallas. And this is just, this is another case of a really good young player being able to extend the career of an older player. And 
while I'm not overly impressed with their defense, I think outside of that top pairing, it's not overly impressive. Esselindel's solid. Nils Lundqvist That's the name in the world, well. by the way. Esselindel. It's a great name. Yes, it is. And, and you know, it's it's an all right defensive unit, but yeah. it's the fact that they, they complement a very deep forward group incredibly well. And finally in net – Jake Ottinger, yeah. one of the best goalies in the league, one of the five to seven best goalies. I don't think he's at the level of Igor Shostakin, Ilya Sorokin, especially with how Sorokin has played this year. Good Lord. Andre Vasilevsky, and I know he hasn't played yet, but he is in that number four, number five spot. In my he's opinion. knocking on the door. Up and you see Soros right there too. He's right up there with those guys. One of the best young goalies in the league. Gotta get traffic in front of him and make his life a living hell. If you just throw pucks to the net with no traffic, he's gonna gobble them up like it's nothing. He's a big goalie. His movement is really sound. They're gonna have to make him move side to side, get some traffic in front of them if they're gonna want to beat this goalie. Because again, he's awesome. Yeah. Aside from the uh, the usual that I say about you know replacement level typical NHL goalies of if they see it, they're gonna stop it. When you get to these elite or very good, close to elite goaltenders, you have to play the way this team has always played against them. Right. Incredibly high shot volume, make them work, you know, tire them out, make them face a lot of shots. Got to get traffic, got to get in his kitchen. Because if you think back to the career of Henrik Lundqvist, how often did the Penguins make him look human? And it's not just because they were in his face a lot and annoying him and, and exploiting a short temper. It's because they made him work. They shot from everywhere. They constantly put pucks on net. They constantly took shots for rebounds so they could crash. They constantly had traffic. And yes, it eventually frustrated him. But the way they beat goalies like this is you make them work. Your minimum should be 35 to 40 shots against a goalie like this. Yes. Because this is one of those kind of games where you say, okay, you know what? We're going to shoot the puck 35 to 40 times. And if this goalie beats us, that's fine. Because some nights you just tip your cap and a goalie goalies you. So if the Penguins get 35 to 40 shots tonight and Jake Ottinger goes off, but they look good in in that effort and Jake Ottinger just closes the door – I'm not going to be horribly upset because he's a great goal. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I would still see this as a step in the right direction, even though if they lost, but I see the processes there and that they're playing well. Sure, if you lose the game, that's annoying. But if Jake Ottinger just has one of the games of his life, there's really not much you can do in that situation, at least. But I think that'll do it for the second segment. Coming up to end the show, Pat and I are going to get to this really fun day that the NHL has planned for everyone today. It's their version of red zone that the NFL does every Sunday during the season. But before we get to that, we got to discuss FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 of bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 of bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and Locked On. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host Patrick Damp. So tonight, 
All gets off six o'clock start time. All 32 teams play 16 games. And the NHL is calling this frozen frenzy. I actually like the nickname and dare I say, Pat, dare I say, this is a good move by the NHL. They don't have a lot of those throughout, you know, throughout history, I would say, but this is a very good move. There's hockey on all night. These games come on every 15 minutes, starting at six with the Maple Leafs and the Capitals. Then you got the Ducks and the Blue Jackets. Then you got the Sabres and Senators, Carolina, Tampa Bay, et cetera, et cetera. So this is going to be quite the night of hockey. And I hope they keep doing this for many seasons to come. If you're a sports fan, good Lord, tonight is your night. You have game seven of the NLCS. No Diamondbacks, by the way. No, go Phillies. Uh, NL, game seven of the NLCS. NBA starts tonight. And yep. then you've got this. And listen, everybody knows I am never slow to criticize the National Hockey League. Uh, I'm very outwardly spoken that I think this league is horribly run. This is progress. I know everybody's going to expect me to be like, Tuesday night, you're doing the... No, it's progress. Listen, if fair is fair, we give them credit when they do things well. So this is a good idea. Here's the thing I like about this for doing it on a Tuesday night. If it doesn't work tonight, probably not a lot of people are going to notice. Hardcore hockey fans are going to notice. But a lot of casuals are going to miss out on it. So this is a little bit of a soft launch for them because the ideal world, what you want to do is once we get past New Year's and college football is done and the NFL is winding down and you're starting to get into the stretch run to the Stanley Cup playoffs, imagine doing this on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. Instead of having to do it every 15 minutes, you do it every half hour, 45 minutes to an hour, starting at noon. Oh, Yes, make it like a mini version of what college football does every Saturday when the game start at noon, get some at 1230, even get some at one o'clock that started that yep. time. And then you get the 330 window, five, even obviously the seven o'clock window, the eight o'clock window and all that good stuff. I would be very down for that. I know some people are upset that this is on a Tuesday night because I guess people work. I mean, well, we all, we all have to work, obviously. But, you know, fr- Friday would work, but it's fine for the first time to do it on a Tuesday. Yes. It's unfortunate that you're going up against game seven of the NLCS. The winner goes to the world series to take on the Texas Rangers, but it's still a night where the NFL doesn't play. You don't need to get your butts kicked by the the, the NFL, which we all know is King in this country. And sure. A lot of people are going to be watching game seven, but you're going to have hockey on ESPN tonight. There's still going to be quite a few people that tune into that game and all the other games, especially if these people have ESPN plus, you can flip around to all these other games. You can flip to the the National League Championship Series, Game 7 in Philadelphia. I think it's a great move. And then, as you said, you could potentially do this on a Friday or Saturday. Heck, maybe you can do this on a Sunday once the NFL stops. That would be perfect as well. And, and like I said, you don't want to roll out a product like this on a Saturday in prime time no. and not have it ready to go. And listen, it's – a product like this you don't have figured out day one or even when you get to launch day because there's gonna be you can't predict sports how many times if you watch red zone have you sat there and been like they're taking me to that game you can't predict sports so there's times when a game's gonna be a dud and and nothing's gonna be going on or maybe at some point a game is like five nothing in the first period or something like that 
and then no more goals come the rest of the game. So doing this on a Tuesday night, early in the season, they're figuring this out, and that's a good thing. We want them to figure it out. We want them to work the kinks out. And then when we eventually, and this is what I'm going to say about the NHL, is if it doesn't work out great tonight, don't scrap it. Figure out ways to make it better. Right. And then once we get to that February or March date on a weekend, when you launch at noon and you go all day, then all of a sudden you know what you're doing. And March especially makes all the sense in the world, right? The playoffs start in a month, month and a half, depending on when you are in March. Heck, they may even start in a couple of weeks if you're at the end of March. And sure, you have March madness to deal with with college basketball, but you don't have to do it when that tournament is going on. You can do it in maybe one at the beginning of the month with a month and a half to go into the playoffs where there's really not much going on, and then everyone would focus on hockey. And then you can maybe do it towards the end of March where maybe there's a night where the NCAA tournament is not going, and you're not going up against the Final Four or something like that. A full day's worth of games, 16 games, when the push for the playoffs is fully going, Pat, sign me up for that any day with the stakes being really high in that situation. And, the, and I say it all the time, the NHL loves marketing to the team. They don't love marketing to the individual. If you have a yeah. bunch of close playoff races late in the season and you're going to do Frozen Frenzy on a Saturday, that's easy to market. Very, Very easy, easy to market. No, I agree with you. I think it would be a great idea then. And heck, if you want to do one after the tournament's over in early April when the playoff race is really at, the, at its height right then, by all means, please do it. But I think that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. Pat and I will be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday. We'll recap the game against the Stars. And then later this week, we'll get you set for the game against the Avalanche. And then recap that game on Friday, get you all set for the game against the Senators. Big week for this hockey team. It's time to start getting some results. You do not want to fall further in the standings, especially with you know American Thanksgiving coming up and you know most of the team's around that time that are in a playoff spot, usually end up making the playoffs. So it's we're right about go time right now for the Penguins. But again, that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening to us watching this one. We'll be back with another episode on Wednesday.